Hello and welcome to the Property Management Show. I'm your host, Alex Osinenko. My day job is a CEO of 4.5, a marketing company that works exclusively with fee-based property management companies. I spent the last seven years of my life helping property management companies become more successful by improving sales, marketing, and operational efficiency. On this show, we'll deconstruct success into its key components and invite subject matter experts to help you improve every facet of your business. Thank you for tuning in and enjoy the show. So uh, our topic today is um, how building a culture of innovation can grow your property management business. And I have a very, very special guest uh, on the show today. I've known uh, this gentleman for uh, six years now. And, uh, well, I guess I'll allow Chris to introduce himself and tell, Chris, tell us a little bit about yourself, how you came to be a property manager, your NARPOM history, and uh, where you are with your business today. Okay, I'm uh, Chris Romansky. I am. Um, I own a property management company in Lake Oswego, Oregon, called Mainlander Property Management. Uh, our focus, our emphasis, is managing individually homed, individually owned single-family homes and um, condominiums. We have a portfolio of um, it's a little bit of a moving target, but probably thirteen to fourteen hundred um, properties we manage. Probably a thousand to eleven hundred clients. Um, I have a degree in business management and uh, have been doing this for 35 years, kind of fell into the business, um, selling real estate for a couple of years. That didn't uh, make a ton of money, and so it was right when interest rates were high, so we started managing some houses for builders and just decided that part of it would grow and just kind of built it from there. So we... um, uh, You know, uh, as far as... uh, uh, I've been uh, involved with NARPM since 1997, oh, wow. and um, I served on the board of directors for NARPM for eight years. I served as the national president, and then I um, was one of the founders of the broker-owner event. I chaired the first two broker-owner events, and I'm co-chair this year and chairing it again next year. So that's kind of our platform for um, connecting with owners of property management companies and their principles and dealing with um, how what's new and coming and things that only deal with um, more business owners instead of an operational focus as much. So, Gotcha, Chris. Well, it's it's a real honor to have you on a show. I know you're a very busy man. Um, you know, have a successful business that you're running. Your daughter does some horse racing, right, or, or uh, horseback riding, I suppose, and you, you're out, you know, cheering for her. And, you know, and, and it, it catching you and sitting down with you for a few minutes is, is an honor. So we'll, we'll dive right in if you don't mind. Sure. Thank you. An honor to be here. Oh, awesome. Thank you, Chris. So here we go. Um, here's, I'm going to make a statement right now, and I'm going to see what you think about this. Um, so it is really <laughs> – I don't think there's any more product innovations uh, left. And, and the way I mean it is you know, to really build something and, and, and new is you have to innovate the factory, so to speak, not the product itself. Um, and the reason I say this because one of my – Kind of people I look up to. His name is Damon John. He's with uh, uh, Shark Tank uh, show. He does other investments and such. But what he said really resonated with me. He says, like, there's nothing new has been introduced for the last 500 years. 
Like everything is essentially interpretation of old in a in a kind of package in the, in the new way. For example, even Twitter is essentially a pigeon mail, right? It's it's a little it's a little little note on a uh, on a bird, right? That that uh, just gets uh, scaled up dramatically with this new digital op- channel. So, with with that, I know that you've been incredibly innovative in your company, and and. You know, I remember my early, early Appfolio days when I was with the company for a few months, you were already established client and that was like only a first year with Appfolio. So how do you um, how do you come to be on the forefront of this technology rollout and how do you pick the good ones? Well, I think that we're always looking for the next way to improve and to enhance what we're already doing. And, you know, I'm a firm believer in technology and how the um, how it can embrace what we're doing and how we can apply it. I often don't look to the property management world. I look to um, other experiences I have as a customer because it seems like to me the property management as an industry lags a little behind. So the banking, sometimes even the real estate community, um, just little things come up. I mean, I've always was thought it was pretty cool when I had a dentist appointment and I get a text you know, um, when I made the appointment, then I get another text the night before, then a third text two hours before. It was a kind of annoying, but I never missed a dentist appointment. Hmm. So I thought, wouldn't that be cool if that was an innovation we could do for showings, you know? And so we've looked at that and um, we've come up with some uh, a new technology that we think is uh, ground floor and we're working with these guys and we hopefully will have that implemented here in the next week or 10 days. So that's uh, one of the things, but you just kind of have to Keep your antenna up and try to see what's going on and how it how it could apply to what you're doing. You know the, um, you know we were in a software product before um, that for accounting that was very arcane and wasn't doing well and uh, and uh, ran across one of the people doing some fact finding for a possible property management solution, which ultimately turned out to be Appfolio. So we sat in on some of the initial interviews as that you know essentially what would make a perfect property management program. So we kind of scripted this uh, dream cloud of what it would look like, and lo and behold, they largely built it. So it was um, something that we were uh, very excited about and things that way. But there's other innovations, you know, remote lockboxes and, you know, just using um, standard business technology of scanning and, um, uh, you know, your your answering service or your voicemail system converting the files to WAV files and emailing them to your staff so we can listen while we're um, doing other things, kind of trying to always be aware of things like that and how to incorporate them. And some of them coming from the industry and some of them coming outside the industry. I got you. Interesting. So, and I want to dig in a little bit, uh, Chris, I want to kind of just peel um, your decision-making process a little bit further, if you don't mind. And so, so a, a company like Appvolia approaches you, right? It's fairly significant to switch a property management software. How many properties were you there, uh, back then when you decided oh, to make a move? Well, I think we were somewhere in that thousand plus number. That is yeah. that is a lot of properties to switch, right? A lot of risk. Um, and you also had you told me that you had a gentleman who's a you know developer at Lead, at Lead Simple come up to you. And you've spoken with him. His name is Chris, right? Uh, Burkampas. So, right. And I'm just curious between those two. So, Appfolio, you made the move. Lead Simple, you didn't make the move at the time, but you made the move now. 
But Correct. here's the question. How, how do you decide what's good for your company right now and what you need to kind of sit on and see? Well, a little bit of it is gut and a little bit of it is what you're seeing, you know, how big your need is. You know, Lead Simple, we felt like, um, you know, I was a little bit of a fish um, swimming uphill with my staff getting everybody to do it. But the accounting, everybody was frustrated with it. So it was an apparent need. So we were we were eager for that one. And frankly, on that one, we did um, some beta testing. So we used the system beside our current system. So we were in and out of both systems and that was that made it a real easy transition because it was simply replacing an existing backbone or a significant component of our industry. Whereas Lead Simple is more of a way of um, capturing and managing contacts that came in. And frankly, in the old days, we could be a little more casual about that. But in today's more competitive world, you know, it's becoming more of a. It, it will become a backbone of our business where we have to have these um, innovations and be able to track new clients and have more of a, um, a CRM type of mentality where we're tracking people, we're doing some marketing to them, and we're doing it. Although they, they, the the ones the leads that we get from that may be insignificant compared to the other leads we're generating, it's still one that we can't afford to ignore. It's a little bit of a shotgun approach on that. You have to be able to um, – you can't always pinpoint every lead where it came from because many come from different – uh, reputations and other things that you've worked on and been a part of, satisfied clients, somebody seeing a, a vehicle with your name on it in your neighbor in their neighborhood, kind of thing, all the way to somebody that called and we kept track of them and we kept um, marketing to them, and then when they were ready, we were there and we could close the deal at that point. So you just don't know what, when it's going to be. So we have to have all these different things in place, and some of the technology that's coming out is kind of, hey, that's nice and it's cool, but it's not necessarily. I don't want to say life-changing, but it's not a significant part of what you're doing, so it doesn't matter as much. But um, when you do find those technologies that really could change things, that's when you need to um, do your due diligence and really work through. And almost all the technology companies will have a some sort of a test drive and a demo, and then I always try to get several key members of our staff engaged, so it's just not Chris's idea because... Uh, Chris comes up with lots of ideas, but uh, the ones that really hold the water are the ones that the staff embraces, and they can see the um, the learning curve being relatively mild, and also being able to embrace the changes that come there. Because we want them to be all fluent in it; they've got to be able to all understand it and work through it. And um, you know, the pace that we're ro- rolling out technology now is probably every month or two for something new, compared to it was like every couple of years back when um, you know five years ago, seven years ago. Yeah. It's very exciting. I mean, the property management as a as a business is, I think, growing significantly, and it's got a lot a lot more to grow, uh, uh, headroom to grow because you know the you know rent you know the, let's go back to the you know the, the, to, to the housing market, right? I mean, what's going on in the house? People can't afford housing as much, or don't even want to anymore. The, the, the millennials they don't care about owning a home; they want to live in different cities, rent, you know, participate in these exciting jobs and opportunities, and move on, right? So. You know the the market is growing. Property managers are doing pretty well, but um, as you say, the competition is there as well. And the more efficient you are, the better. But from what I heard, I mean, from what, from what I'm hearing, I think so. So to really the keeping the antenna up and looking out for the technologies is as a business owner, that's your job in everyday experiences. Like Correct. whether you checking into you know La Quinta Inn or Ritz Carlton, right? There's something for you to gain from that check-in process that you can take back and say, "Wow, that was awesome!" Right. right? Um, but 
as far as implementing that tech is really about addressing a, a, an existing pain point, not potential future pain point, or just because it's cool. Right. So, so because uh, you know, Appfolio addressed the accounting pain point, and you went ahead with it. But uh, uh, at the time, Lead Simple did not. Correct. When we first started looking at Lead Simple, there was um, it. Uh, it seemed a little overwhelming. There was a little bit of a um, more of a sales mentality than our staff had been used to using, and um, uh, we were just kind of folksy and talking to people where this was requiring a little more detailed information, and we were, you know, frankly, a little casual about it. And yeah, so this yeah. is this is going to encourage us and wrap us up as we are, we're embracing it to be a little more detailed. How'd you hear about us? Asking more key questions and capturing more key information, and then doing it in some sort of a system because we were just using, you know writing phone logs, so to speak, you know, spiral notebooks and writing information. And now we're going to be actually capturing it, keying it in and having it available so we can follow up with it. Gotcha. Yeah. So formalizing the sales process has become, in your opinion, for this company at this point in time, a, a key pain point well, we or, have to be. or opportunity. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Uh, so to get the business, we have to. So that is interesting. That is interesting. I know. How do people find you? Why Why do all these tech companies come to you, Chris Hermansky, and say, hey, Chris, you know, can we show you this new stuff? Can we kind of brainstorm with you? How do they find you? Well, we have – I'm sure just simply because we're in the business and have um, – um, and, and it's not all them finding us. We go find them too. You know, uh-huh. we ask questions and, you know, we participate in the, the – um, uh, on the national scene, we go to the uh, con- the NARPM convention and the NARPM broker owner where they have trade shows and things like that. We've also um, participate in in our local market. We have an apartment association that has an, uh, uh, a significant um, uh, convention, so to speak, and we uh, we attend that. They have a trade show and they have different technologies that they're exhibiting theirs. And then again, just kind of like what I said earlier, I'm paying attention to what I'm experiencing in my just everyday life. And then sometimes I'll research and call people and say, how do we apply this to that industry? And um, I haven't done a ton of that, but that has been how we've kind of latched on to some some things that are beginning to happen. You know, we uh, remote lockboxes, for example, we, we looked at that when the real estate community had it, but there were so many hoops to go through that it wasn't there. And then finally, it showed up maybe four or five years ago at a trade show. And when I saw it, I was ready for it. So I bought immediately because I already knew how I could use it and what the benefits were. Then when I went and met with the, the company provider, they were able to um, elaborate a lot more in things that I'd never even thought of as far as usages and how to use it. Now, not all of those, we've kind of refined our process, so we're kind of picking up the the top layer of things that we're using, but uh, nevertheless, the technology's there, and it's been a real time saver. Now, has, been, has that been successful, the lockboxes implementation for you? Uh, to a degree, it allows us flexibility to do things, and you know, it, uh, the kind of lockbox I'm referring to is one where you, we can uh, give a person a code that only works for a short window of time, maybe one to four hours, and they can see it and things like that. So, but you have to have your stage set. Your clients have to know you're utilizing it. It only works in certain circumstances for us, so we really can't do total blind showings without staff being there. But we can. It's just a tool, and that's what we're always looking for: is one more tool to be able to help us to be. Uh, more efficient in what we're doing because you know if we're able to do things with uh, um, more efficiently, then our people can be work smarter, and we don't need as many people. And and in this type of business, the uh, big expense that we run against is salary and payroll. So we've got to 
Um, if we can keep that down and save uh, a person here or a person there, then uh, that puts us ahead and we can uh, add more capacity. You know, we, we, we do a lot with um, our staff that we have now. Really good. Really good. So has there been any unsuccessful or things you regretted that you've employed? You don't have to name the company, but maybe the, 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 what have you tried to solve that didn't get solved? You know, we struggled a little bit with the, um, we're, and we're still struggling uh, with the inspection programs, for example. You know, we've tried a couple of the better name ones, and, and they're good, but they've had their little pitfalls. And so most of the staff still prefers to use pictures and some sort of a written correspondence. You know, we've tried video. We've tried other different technologies, and other people swear by them, but I just haven't been able to get a wide acceptance and enough where it works. The um, I think that's the one we're going to try to work through this year is to look at uh, a little more def- uh, at uh, the inspection programs and how those work. We, we do three types of inspections, the move in and the move out, and then a periodic inspection. And the periodic ones, the software is work for. It's the move in, moves out, that it's a little more cumbersome. And um, the staff routinely likes to use more of a low-tech option for that. So, so they feel that the 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 current application or solution inhibits their efficiency not necessarily improves it exactly it's just it's just more cumbersome and more um you know again you've got to equip them with uh, some sort of a tablet device that has um ideally some connectivity so they could save things and and all that and you know that's we've got some of that going but when we have a, a potentially uh, 10 to 12 people out doing inspections and move-ins and move-outs, then we uh, it just is hard to get all of that uniform. And I, granted, there's ways we can improve it, and we probably haven't tried as hard as we could have, but um, um, it, it hasn't been an easy easy swap yet. And so the, we're still dealing with, as you put it, the pain point. Ah, gotcha. Interesting. And what is your most successful uh, tech implementation well, obviously, I think it's been the um, the app folio has been the simplest, you know, simply because it really um, um, we found something that's cloud based, which we're all very skeptical for at first. Yeah. Um, but uh, um, that together, probably with, um, you know, digital photography and using pictures in that regard and uh, doing things that way. The lockbox has been a successful one. Um, you know, some of the. Uh, um, those are the ones that come to the forefront at first. You know, we we, we went to cloud-based email versus a s- server-based email program, and probably better not to identify a lot of pro- uh, different programs. But that was a difficult curve. But once we got through it, then everybody really embraced it. We just loved the idea of having everything cloud-based and being able to do that. But there was a learning curve and a little bit of awkwardness we had to work through. And once we got through that, it's been good. So we've been able to do cloud-based spreadsheets, cloud-based Word documents, Word processing, and things that way, and using the the different kinds of online storage that all of those accompany, whether it be, you know, like a Dropbox or a Google Drive or something there, you know. Gotcha. Um, Can you Chris, you had this experience more than a lot of people. Um, so maybe you can share, is there a, a specific kind of maybe methodology for a rollout? Maybe you haven't really put it into on the paper, but kind of what's the role? Like Chris has the idea. What that, what's then? I mean, you well, just came up with something. What, what, what happens next? Well, I, I probably run it by a couple of people. I have a couple of uh, um, 
uh, I have a young millennial that is a um, he's he's my son-in-law and he's new to the industry and he's working for me now. But I run it by him and kind of get a um, is this have any value kind of thing. And so he listens, he looks at it, and then he um, he actually flips things back to me sometimes. And so we talk about them and then we settle together. But it's so I, I kind of get the idea and I run it by him. And then I have my general manager who is a seasoned veteran. And she kind of looks at it, and she's a good balance because I'm a very um, I'm what they call a quick start. I like to get things going, but I don't take the t- I don't have the patience built in, the pre-wired to me to finish it out and get it going. I kind of depend on other people to help me do that, and she does a good job. So she's always trying to you know it's not a deflection process; it's an honest evaluation process. And so when we um, uh, started looking at online scheduling, for example, um, we ran it by her and. She liked the idea, and we figured out how to embrace it. And then I had her sit in on several of the demos that we went through and saw how the program was going to work. And so it, it appeared that um, we had some traction. It was really feeling a void that we had or a, um, kind of a, uh, a frustration we were experiencing and maybe a way to uh, improve that. And so once we kind of flushed it through and we got a thumbs up by the initial couple of people, then we kind of go to a more – detailed level of looking at pricing and looking at implementation, what it would look like. And then we try to do some sort of a test drive and try it out. And there's been a few things we've test drove and, you know, like I mentioned previously, that didn't work so well. And so we kind of bailed out at that point. And other times the people that were selling the products were happy to have the feedback because then they could take the um, feedback and utilize it and try to um, figure out what they could do to improve it. Or maybe we could, um, understand it better and things like that you know a little bit that's what's happened with lead simple is in its raw format it wasn't as easy but once we've got the third-party companies working with it and they've advanced enhanced their part of it um, um, we're seeing a real benefit in how it could work gotcha so if i may i'm going to just summarize this in a plan because i think people who don't really have the opportunity to implement all these technologies don't really know a really good process but i think i'm i'm getting some gold nuggets from you here so here's the few bullet points i've uh, uh isolated right uh first sounding board you know doesn't need to be an industry uh, uh expert uh, can be an industry expert but maybe a couple of broker friends son-in-law that's tech uh something somebody smart you know somebody you want to run this technology by and get their ideas even though they're not in the industry so you get that sounding board you get past that stage Go to your VP, go to your next in line, go to your GM, and have them do the initial vetting or validation, okay? And have their opinion, uh, uh, you know, c- kind of heard and, and understand whether you want to go to the next step. Next, you do demo, review, um, then you actually have to get your hands dirty and test the product. So if you create some kind of a plan to roll your sleeves up and test the product, and then you make a decision. Does that sound right? That sounds right spot on. Ah, perfect. Well, we got we got a real true step by step here. That's really awesome. Um, all right, Chris. Look, I know you're very very busy. I, I don't want to take too much of your time. If you have only one advice that you can give to um, you know newer property managers, grown property managers, what would that be? I would surround myself with other people that do what you do. So go, to, you know. I mean, I, I'm a big, a big fan of NARPM, but participate in their events. Um, have a mentor or somebody that you can brainstorm with that does what you do. Um, ideally, not in your market, so there's no 
no apprehension about sharing ideas and things and how they work. And you can sometimes play off each other and work together and uh, learn from that. And then I would keep my eyes and ears open, both in the property management industry and outside of it for technological advances and see how you can apply them to your business. That is excellent advice, Chris. I really appreciate your time. I hope to see you at Broker Owner in a few few weeks. Okay. And um, thank you for your time. Awesome. Thank you. Thank you.